Welcome everyone to the Kingdom REI podcast. This is your host, Ellis Hammond, founder of the Kingdom REI Mastermind, and this is the podcast show to help kingdom leaders and investors just like yourself find permission to crush it in business and at the same time walk with God in business. And we got the perfect guest, I think, uh, to really bring both of these ideas together today. Dr. Bruce Hartman is a Christian author and storyteller who is a Fortune 500 CFO, um, 35 years in the corporate world, uh, including many years with Foot Locker, Yankee Candle Company. I haven't heard of Yankee Candle Company in a long time, Bruce. So I'm excited to hear more about that. Uh, but really now is on a mission uh, to really help people in the business world walk closer with Jesus and see that both those things don't have to not uh, be a be be separate and i can't think of a more fitting message for the kingdom rei podcast and a better guest so welcome uh bruce dr hartman i'm not sure which one you can you can let me know which one to call you so excited to have you here man yeah i'm excited to be here thank you for having me alice uh so before we jump in you know and i want to hear about your well let's do this um you know, I always like, want to know kind of who we're speaking with before we get into your experience. I know some of the things that we're going to talk about today is, uh, you know, is Jesus good for business? I mean, that really is the question, right? Is is there, is it really true or do we just say that? And I think with your experience, you're going to be able to answer that. And so um, we, we back us up a little bit and tell us about yourself and then kind of we can dive into this topic. Yeah, for uh, 30, 35 years, Alice, you know, from... Um college, I always wanted to be a, corp, a Fortune 500 CFO. So I built my career out of doing that. And I rose up uh, from an entry-level accountant, uh, eventually became a controller, and then a divisional CFO. And then my last 15 years, I was a CFO for Foot Locker and Yankee Candle. Yankee Candle is a more, it's a larger company on the East Coast and Midwest than it is in the uh, yeah. We always struggle. I remember all the, always the conversation, why can't we do more business in California? For whatever reason, Californians just don't like Yankee Candy. Yeah, because you got to change your name. That's easy. I could have told you that, man. You guys didn't have to talk about that too long. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and, and Ellis, and I was, I did very well. I mean, when I got to Foot Locker, we were within, there were days where, I wasn't sure the company was going to have to file bankruptcy because the pre previous management had made a lot of bad decisions. Um, we were we had we had one point four billion dollars of debt. We weren't making any money. We had negative sales, and we got uh, a wonderful team together. And we in two years we turned it around. We went from being the Wall Street Journal we, we used to call us the troubled financial the troubled uh financially the financially troubled footlocker company that was the headline whatever wow. you read about it it's in the wall street journal and then finally in forbes wrote an article uh, about the wonderful turnaround and that's when i kind of felt like we had we had done it uh, a good job and so i was there for a lot a, a number of years and i was offered a, a job of more responsibility with the yankee candle to be their number two person and i went up there and I worked there, wonderful company, great people. Um, it's about the, it's to me, it's about a way business should be run. But while I was there, and I'd been getting these urges, Ellis, for about 10 years prior to this, my minister would say, we'd be on this committee, we'd be on that, we'd do this. And, you know, when you're in business, it's hard to find the time to sit on committees. And 
I actually, Ellis, I find myself doing the sign of the cross. Like when good things happen, it kind of like startled me. So what's going on here? And so over, you know, and now as I look back at it, that was Jesus calling me to come help him in a different way. So on, on, on a Monday morning, May 5th in 2009, um, I had a moment where I felt like I had forgotten how to pray. I'd forgotten how, who Jesus was. And it was the most difficult moment of my life. And it was from that moment that I decided I set the course for the rest of my life, which was um, I tried to work and, you know, be a Christian, but that wasn't where Jesus wanted me. Uh, for a lot of people, it's, it's good. For me, I didn't feel that. So I went to seminary. Um, three years, got a master's of divinity. And then four years, um, I got my doctorate degree. And the reason why I did that was I felt compelled to know more about Jesus, know more about what are people hearing? What are, what are the schools telling us, those, those of us that are theologians? What are they telling us to tell people? So what that allowed me to do was really get focused near the end of my studies on you have, you have Jesus and you have business. And naturally, they should be combined because Jesus is everything in our lives. And we all have to work because we all got bills to pay. So that's really been my ministry. Um, I help people counsel. I speak on, I help people with counseling to get jobs. I speak in college campuses. I write books. I have my own website. I do my own podcast. So it's all about helping some individual get closer to Jesus. Yeah, well, that, we're go, that like I told you before, we're going we're gonna to make sure that happens today for sure. You know, I'm curious to go back to that story a little bit. For those who are listening, you know, mostly entrepreneurs, business owners, et cetera. I mean, looking back, you know, you said you had that moment where you kind of forgot to pray. Yeah, you know, I feel like a lot of that was not just all of a sudden, but like it was the kind of slow, slow drip, right? Before you were just kind of empty and Yeah. That what 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 caused I mean, what, you know, as you look back, things that people like I don't know, like how do you how do you look back at that and be like this is kind of where I went wrong? So where I went wrong was um, I talk about this a lot with with folks is I had a one hundred plus item to do list every single day, you know, and my day was like being a, a dentist. There was always somebody at my door pressing for something, needing an answer, and stuff like that. The better you get at handling a hundred items the more you move away from the spiritual side of side of life right now. Um, and for me, I got very, very good at handling all of these items. Um, there would be no subject I didn't know anything about. So that obsessiveness is what moved me away. And it's that obsessiveness that Jesus asked me to get rid of. That's, that's really interesting. Like, it, what do you mean by obsessiveness? Because the only reason I think that sticks out to me, because I feel like I'm obsessed. Like I love what I do. It's I'm obsessed over, you know, our, our, our goals, our mission. So in some ways I'm like, Oh crap. <laughs> you know? So, um, I can, can you double click a little bit and, and expound on what do you mean by, by that? So you, you get pulled, you get pulled. Okay. When's this store opening? How's that, how's that sale doing? How's the inventory level? What, what's going on with this buyer's business? And when you become obsessed, you want to know everything. And it wasn't like I was a bad manager because I was a macro. I managed at a macro level, but 
the issues I would get into were, um, were very carefully managed in my mind, not that I carefully managed people. And, and what I'm saying is, is you have to be well-rounded. And I wasn't as well-rounded as I should have been right. um, in terms of managing the business. I still have this same obsessiveness today so I have a book that's coming out. Okay, have we got the marketing done? Have we got, you know, all that stuff? I still do it, but I'm doing it for him. Yeah. I'm not doing it for me. I can't wait to talk about the difference between that because I feel like that's so hard, you know, because how do you how do you remove yourself from this minutiae? Like still do that, still be. I mean, most entrepreneurs are obsessed. <laughs> like that's why we're entrepreneurs, you know? Like we just, you know, we run through the wall to make it happen. And um and so I, I can't wait to get in there. I, I just want to stop and pray for us, if that's okay. And then we can kind of, we can really dive into the meat of what we're going to talk about today. So God, we thank you so much for this time together. And uh, we just know that this is, this is from you. And we pray that this episode will be for you. Um, God, that you would help us to be true living sacrifices for your kingdom. Uh, to use our businesses, our lives, our marriages, our money. Uh, to make much of the name of Christ because we owe everything to him who uh, lived the perfect life, who died the death we should have died and resurrected with power uh, that we have access to today. So thank you. Thank you for uh, Bruce, Dr. Hartman, and just pray that, that his message and his experience and his story would, uh, would really draw us closer to you. I know that's his prayer as well. And so we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So your book and then Jesus is our Jesus is everything is the name of your new book, right? I mean, what a title. I mean, how long did it take you to come up with that one? <laughs> well, yeah, so what, one of the things I do is I use Twitter for uh, bouncing ideas off. It's like my market research, right? So one morning I usually get up around four or five every morning. I, I put on Twitter, who is Jesus to you? That, just that simple question, who's used to the, my Twitter feed blew up, you know, I got everything, but you know, Ellis, the one I got the most was Jesus is everything. So I started thinking about what does that mean to that person? Jesus is everything. What, what does that say? What am I, what, what, do, what do I need to know here? So when that person's happy, they're thanking Jesus. When that person's sad, they're going to Jesus. When that person needs advice, they're going to Jesus. That's what Jesus is everything means and um, and at the same time the confluence of this and I had I heard a very touching story about a man that was 87 and died um, and his sons spent the last say last three or four days and it's the it's the opening scene in the book by the way they spent the last three or four days working with him on accepting Jesus at that moment and the man died um, he got to talk to all 18 grandchildren, all five of his children and his wife in his last hours, probably the last 24 hours, he got to say, I love you. And he heard, I love you. And he accepted Jesus and he went peacefully. And I was thinking about that story with what those people were writing at the last minute of this man's life. Jesus was everything to him. He didn't have to shave. He didn't have to pay a bill. He didn't have to do anything. He just had to cross the bridge. And that's what those people meant when they said Jesus is everything. So I wrote the book and it was a wonderful book to write. A um, lot of research. I drew in some business stories and I drew in some ancient folks like uh, Mother Mary. Um, certainly 
Paul and Peter are in the story, why Jesus was everything to them, mm. the Teresa. So uh, it was a fun book to write and um, really glad. And it's doing well. We haven't even launched it yet. Well, you'll have to let us know. We can link that in the show notes below. But is there a, a simple web page that you have where people can go find that or information? Uh, yeah, www.brucelhartman.com. Or you can get it on Amazon. You can, even though we haven't released it, it's for sale on Amazon. Jesus is everything. And it's an, we have an audio book, which I was really excited about. It's my first book with an audio. I didn't do it. We've, we've got a wonderful narrator. And it's uh, you can... Get it on Kindle. You can get it today if you want on Kindle, and it's paperback as well. Uh, who who owns the domain? Uh, <laughs> I'm just looking because I'm actually super curious. Uh, Jesus is everything. This is hilarious that I'm doing this right now in the middle of our podcast show. But I'm That's actually bad. really curious who owns JesusIsEverything.com because I'm like, what a what would be amazing? That's amazing domain. Now nah, you can't get it, unfortunately. You can get. Jesus is everyjunk.com or Jesus everything.net. It's not nearly as cool. Um, no. So no. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, I was trying to help you out there. So you can't, get, but we know you can go find it. Jesus is everything on Amazon or brucellhartman.com. So going back to your original point, because your new book, Jesus is everything. I really want to dive into this because. This is a rub, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, I feel like I'm in a season of my life, and maybe this is of the Lord's timing to have you on here, where it feels like business has been everything. Um, and we just had a daughter. I got a month old. Oh so God. she's been everything. <laughs> and, and so, you know, Jesus has not really been everything, Dr. Hartman. And um, I, I'm curious, you know, just... How does how does he stay at everything when he's not everything at the moment? If that makes sense, um, in in this stage and season of life, where I feel like not just myself, but so many people probably find themselves at. Yeah, you know, I, I talk about that in um, in the book. Uh, you know, a lot of people think that you have to always be doing magnificent stuff, like what Billy Graham did or Mother Teresa or uh, Desmond Tutu, you have to always, no, that's not what Jesus is looking for. Jesus is looking for, if you're a husband, he just wants you to be a great husband. That's your time of life. If you're a dad, he wants you to be a great dad. If you're in business, he wants you to always work as if you're working for the Lord, but doesn't mean that you're working for the Lord. You're working as if you're working for the Lord because not everybody is called to be a minister or a priest, but everybody's called to pay their bills. So, and that's one of the things I, I talk about a lot in the book. Uh, it's not about spending like a monk 100% of your time. When you're a dad, you know, you've got to do what you think Jesus would want you to do. So you have to think you've done enough. You know, it's interesting to say that. So this morning I was, I actually like, Part of it is that my mornings have been so rough, but I really made a decision this morning. I'm going to get up at five. I'm going to go work out. Mm -hmm. I was really proud of myself. And I had some time to finally like sit down and read my Bible and meditate. And about eight minutes in, um, my, my daughter starts crying, you know, surprise, month old. And my wife's still sleeping. And, I, you know, I'm thinking, oh, dang, you know, like, I, you know, should I go, should I go hold her so my wife can sleep longer, but then I don't get my meditation time, and, you know, I thought, 
You know, no, I, I think actually what, and I just sense that like the Lord was calling me to, hey, go go pick up your daughter so that your wife can sleep. Like th that that's actually would be okay. You know what I mean? Because just what you said, like, I'm still with you in this moment and your calling right now is to really serve your family. And so I, I just appreciate that freedom there because I think even this morning I sensed that of like kind of the first time in a, in a while that I actually had some quiet time proud of myself for doing it was looking forward to it and then i didn't really give much in so but because that that other calling kind of called in a sense and it, but it, it did sense like it was from the lord to say it's okay you know the in in um so i appreciate you saying that i hope that story might help someone who's listening as well but anything you would add to that yeah that's the i think that's the hottest part i was talking with a really really good friend um yesterday we were talking about people that can quote verse after verse. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm glad they know all the lines in Isaiah. I'm glad they know all the lines in Revelations, but do they know Jesus? So I'd rather know one verse in the Bible and know Jesus really, really well versus not know Jesus and know every verse in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I'm talking about is uh, we, we have all have lives to live. We all have a destiny. Jesus has a destiny for us. And the destiny is to have a great rela relationship with Jesus, but to have a great relationship with those of us, us around us through Jesus. And I think that's the difference of what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's excellent. I may even look at the life of Christ where he was always, you know, yes, he spent time away with his father, but he was always drawing people to himself, which is killer. Um, so let's let's so I want to get back to this topic though because we were talking about this offline. I think it's so interesting. You know, you, you give this talk a lot. Jesus um, is good for business, and you know, and I think it still is in the line of Jesus is everything. I'm glad we let's like we laid this foundation because I want to understand what you mean by that because I think we both had experiences, and maybe you can talk about one where. Um, I mean, I think honestly, it's why people listen to this show is because there aren't many people out there saying Jesus is good for business. Most people are either saying, don't bring Jesus in this business, right? We don't want to hear about Jesus. Or on the religious side, sometimes it can feel like business is not really applicable to what we're talking about um, yes. in terms of our faith. And so what do you mean? So, so there's two sides to this, and you, you, you talked about the minister. I talked to you about that story earlier about the minister in Newburn who said that my first book was sinful. You know, the first book was Jesus and Company. And I remember thinking, those are one of those moments where you just be quiet. You know, as the Lord said, dust off the shoe, dust off, take the dust off your feet and leave that town, right? He was missing that half his audience on Sunday needed help on Monday morning at 8.15 by not talking about business, because that's the reality. Most people spend their week working to pay their bills, because they have to. Jesus isn't about us not paying our bills, and Jesus is not about us not working, and Jesus is not about us following our passion. What Jesus is about is how do we do it with him and through him, and that's, that's a big difference, I think. Um, so for instance, let's talk about customer service in a business. You don't have to go any further than the golden rule if you want to have great customer service. Treat the customer as if you would want to be treated. The golden rule. 
to me, and you know, and from spending years in business, I know the one thing I know is that the lifeblood of every single company is their customer. Otherwise, why do you exist? So if that's your most important thing, activity, do it really well and do it the way you'd want to be treated. Second thing about business, work as if you work as if you are working for the Lord. That comes from Colossians. Think about having employees that always thought, I'm working for Jesus. You're gonna have a sustainable business, you're gonna have ethical decisions, and you're gonna have business transactions that hold up under the light of fire. And, um, and as, you, as you go forward years later, you'll think about those decisions and because they were solid and they were well-made, your business will be, will be found, found foundationally solid. But so if, if, you're, if you're having a career, so won't your career. People will think of you as, this is an honorable person and I wanna hire them. So that's what, you know, when I think about Jesus and I think about um, our faith, it's good for business. Now you look at Chick-fil-A, number one, number one fast food company in terms of sales per square foot per week. And they're closed on Sunday. Hmm. So, so, that's, so when I think about Jesus and business, it's, it's okay. Jesus doesn't want us poor. Jesus doesn't want us making unethical decisions. That's what Jesus' message is. So go back to the turnaround uh, with Foot Locker that you were describing. Is, and I, again, you know, who knows if your mindset was Jesus is everything during this because you said it, it was a hard season. But looking back, do you see some of those principles in that turnaround? It was the only thing that saved us was our ethics and our morality. I remember, Alice, the first day on the job, uh, we were $1.4 billion in, in uh, debt. Uh, we, we did, there was no way that you could find or demonstrate to anybody we were going to make money because there was no history of it. And our sales were dropping. So I remember the banker saying to me, can you hit these projections? I said, well, I can't guarantee it but I can guarantee I'm going to work hard. And it was interesting, six months later and a year later, the bankers remembered that line more than any others because they, a lot of people say things, but in that case, they knew what, by what I said that I would do the best I could. And that was one of the things that helped save us because anytime I called the bank after that to get a favor or to get help or something like that, they bent over backwards for me because I was honest with them. Who could, who could ever say, don't worry, I guarantee this thing is going to work out? Well, there's no history of it. But we did, have a, I, we did have a great group of people that we'd hired, and we were going to work hard to do it. And that's all we could do. Yeah, I, I, I like that a lot. You know, it's interesting, like, not that that's like a, a new thought for me, but, I mean, there's a lot of real estate investors, and, and there's always things that, you know, you could get in trouble from, from a legal standpoint or whatever, so many things you got to double check on. But, you know, I think from a, from a stressful standpoint, you know, there's things, I just, I'm saying all this is this business can oftentimes be very stressful because there's legalities and stuff and in any right. business, of course. But I appreciate what you said just there. Cause like, if you're, if your mindset or if you are, your integrity is to the point of I work for Christ and I'm, I'm teaching my employees to do the same or my partner's 
then your level, like your intention, your level of integrity and work ethic is so much higher than what the world sets anyways. It doesn't say that you still won't break legal things because some of these things are just, you don't even know, you don't even know what corner, you know, sometimes, but yeah, yeah. to the point of at least you can look a judge in the eye one day and say, listen, man, I, I'm, I work, you know, I don't work for the world. I work for Christ. And we, we did not know that, you know what I mean? Like just that for me, just now that took a pressure off of me to say, yeah, we're trying to live and lead and do business with the highest integrity because we work for Christ and we might get that wrong sometimes, but it doesn't, you know, but our intentions were there. And I, I don't know, that just really, I think, served me very well, as you said that. So I appreciate you sharing that for sure, um, especially in a context like Foot Locker and a billion dollars under debt. I'm sure there's a lot of corners you could probably cut in a time like that. <laughs> so, so, and so one of the things I always think about and I, when I do work with uh, businesses and when they're looking for help or advice, I always tell them, remember one thing, God always is long-term and we, our temptation is to be short-term. So what that means is maybe you can kind of cut a corner here today but it's not what God would want you to do. It's not what Jesus would want you to do. So God is always long-term. So if you make a decision and you can say to yourself in a year, I'm going to be proud of that, then you're making the right decision, no matter how tough tomorrow is going to be. If you say in a year, this is going to be okay. You know, that's a great line for real estate right there. Thanks. Somebody, can I use that for my, Hey, God is long-term. We got to be thinking about long-term investments here. Um, I really, that's actually really, that's, I'm joking, kind of, I probably will use that in the future marketing line, but I, I, I totally agree with what you say there. And, um, yeah, I mean, cause when you think short-term is when you cut corners and you think, you know, not just long-term in the sense of 10, 20, 30 years, but about eternity, right. And, and the decisions yeah. we make impact us for not just in this lifetime, but in the lifetime to come as well. Yeah, you always have that pressure. Uh, we got to make a sales budget this month. Oh, I got to hit this goal this month, or I got to hit this goal for that quarter. That's not really the issue. The, the, the issue is what's best for the business. Because the quarters will always have some type of waves to them, you know, good and bad. But it's really an upward wave. And that's what long-term thinking or godlike thinking is. It's always thinking about the, the future, not the present. I'm curious, you know, you say you talk to college students a lot about this topic. I did college ministry for a long time. And I feel like sometimes college students are just some of the most insightful because they're like the most skeptic people of all time, this generation. <laughs> and so like what, you know, when you're speaking to college students about Jesus being everything or Jesus is good for business, what, what are some of the things that come up that, you know, you found to be, oh yeah, this is, I feel like how most people think. Yeah, one of, one of the big things about Jesus is the connection of ethics to your life. So if you're a college student, you know, we all did. We all started out 22 years old with that. We were going to be honorable and we were going to be the best and we were going to be everything, right? And then all of a sudden life hits you and, you know, that's kind of starts to chisel away at it. So with a college student, I, I hit them with ethics. What is ethics? Ethics, Christian ethics is simply, what ought we to do? Now, there's a lot of college professors, if they're listening, they'll say, no, no, it's a 13-week course, and it's more than, but it really is, what ought we to do? And as and when you add Christianity into it, the thought is, what, what would Jesus have us do? And so 
basic ethics is what ought we to do? So if you're walking down the street, Alice, and you see somebody is in trouble, but you're in a hurry, ethics will tell you to still help out the person in trouble. But so wouldn't Jesus, right? And, or if you see that um, something's fallen out of your car and it's litter, you stop your car, you go, you pick it up. That's what you ought to do. And that's the basic of ethics. And while we, to make uh, Christian ethics is explaining to them, all you do is you add Jesus to that. What would Jesus have you do? Even though they may not be Christian, they all still love Jesus. It's just that they haven't accepted it because it's their parents' Jesus. They got to find their own Jesus. So it's amazing. A lot of the professors say, well, you know, this is not a Christian crowd, but I will find as, as good a receptivity with a non-Christian crowd as I will with like Houston Baptist Seminary or, um, you know, Drew College where I went to school, find the same, I get the same level of receptivity. So you, we, I approach it with Christian ethics is most, is the, my underlying theme. I love that. Let, let me ask you then, I, I want to get, like, I really want to dive here maybe before the, the, the rest of our combo, like, cause I, I totally get that. And there's a way of like, okay, I can live my life ethically and in line with Christ. But this is kind of where I think, and you were probably doing some of those things. It sounded like you did that foot locker, but you still got to a moment where you said, like, I forgot how to pray. And like, I want to know, like, where does the power, like, how do you, where does the power come from? Right. Bruce, like what, is missing like how how do we slip into this idea of we're just living ethically but man i'm 10 years into my company and i forgot how to pray you know like where where do we lose the power and how do we gain it back again when and by power i mean like connection with christ right, right? yeah so for me it was simply i started believing i was the cause of all my success one and I started slowly uh, chiseling away at what ought I to do for Jesus, for what ought I to do for Bruce. So it became selfish. And I also became more focused on, so focused on being the best that I could be, I forgot who I work for. You know, I work for Jesus, I work for my family. And it's so for about a two or three year period there, I was pretty miserable to live with. And that's when the crisis hit. But it was because I had my obsessiveness had forced itself into me thinking I was the best because everybody would run around. This is the guy that say footlocker, you know, look at look at him came from nothing. And, uh, you know, now he's a successful Fortune 500 executive. So you start to believe that. But you know who made me successful was Jesus. Yeah. So that's how to get back there. Gosh, man, it sounds so simple, you know, but it, it sounds so simple, but I just, it, it's not. It isn't because when you go to try it, it takes practice. It's like playing golf. You you know exactly what you're supposed to do, but then the ball goes due left as soon yeah. as you hit. Yeah, that's because your pride, man, is so hard. It's so hard to tell yourself you're not as good as you think you are. You know what I mean? Like it, you know, it really is. <laughs> So, and by the way, I, I hate golf. So that's, that, that also is why I hate golf. <laughs> it's actually, I actually, I love playing golf, but I hate when I play it because I think I love the idea of playing golf. Cause like in my mind, I'm a great golfer. But then, like you said, when you get out there, you go the yeah, other way. It's about practice. And the, you know, the other thing too, Ellis, um, 
you know, my, I'm free of pressure now because I'm not working for me. I'm working for Jesus. There's no pressure there. And so I don't have to worry about, am I good enough? Because Jesus has already told me that. Yeah, no, I think a lot of what you said has been so helpful in terms of like thinking long term, you know, think in exactly we, one of our first podcast shows, we talked about how, you know, the rest of the world is working towards a future goal, right? Like one day when I have this, or one day when I do this, I will become this, or I will be this, right. where the believer actually works from what's happened in the past, because of what Christ has done for us on the cross and through his resurrection, we actually work out of that. And I think that really is like, it sounds so good. And like, when you hear it as a Christian, you're like, yes, <clears throat> but yet we still so much try and like work for what's in the future. Right. In terms of like an identity. And so I know I, you're so right. And I, and I feel like there are days when I feel like that and there are days when I don't. And, um, but it's such a sweet reminder that, yeah, as a Christian, we are free. Like that is the edge. And I think, that's what's so different, you know, and what you're teaching us is that actually is our edge as a Christian is when we're so free because we have such a long-term vision that short-term hurdles or whatever those things are, we, we continue to roll through them. And I, I feel like some people are like, oh, well, you, if you focus too, you know, like you're saying, if you're so free, then you lose that urgency or you lose that obsession. And I, and I actually think it's the opposite. Like, I think it's our edge that says, you know, it, it, it's a, it's the X factor for us as Christians, right? It's the what we have to tap into that can actually set us apart from the rest of the world in the way in which we work. Does that make sense? Absolutely. What can you add to clear that, clean that up for me? So the two the two thoughts um, are when I was getting my um, uh, to become a minister because um, I do do that as well. Um, I was asked to explain my theology. Well, that's real easy because it's love, love God and love your neighbor. And naturally being a business person, you want to condense it to something, love thy God and love thy neighbor. So those are six words. And th this is where the confusion comes in. The board, the ordained, the board of ordained ministry said that it was too folksy. I said, really, that's too folksy. That's what Jesus said. That's was Jesus's whole emphasis for us. So it started making them think about it, but it made me know that that's where my freedom is, is if all I've got to do is love God or Jesus and love my neighbor, and then the rest of the to-do list is easy. Hmm. And it's what you said earlier, which is I think a lot of people miss. We aren't always going to succeed. We are going to get tripped up here and there, but that's the reason for the cross. And that's the reason Jesus went to the cross, because we get a second chance. So good. Uh, guys, if you're listening, the reason I like interviewing people like Bruce is, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes to find someone who has had this much experience in business and business turnaround. I mean, think about a company like Foot Locker um, to also a man who is who knows the word and has walked with Christ for a long time. And so I can't recommend enough grabbing all of his books, Bruce L. Hartman. H a r t m a n dot com. I spelled that right. Yes, you did. Spelled your Jesus is everything would be a much better domain, by the way, but that's not available. <laughs> so we'll use your your name, Bruce L Hartman dot com. Guys, just go go check out all that he's written. 
Bruce, anything else for our audience, man? A group of kingdom-minded real estate investors, entrepreneurs, um, what would you leave us with? You know, I, I'll leave you with that. You know, when I do my prayers tonight, I'll remember you all. And uh, because we were together today, um, I keep you in my prayers. Um, but I, I think it's to just be present with Jesus as often as you can, whether it's with your babe, your new baby, whether it's with, uh, like I have a daughter that's getting married next week. That's that's what Jesus, where Jesus wants us to be. Yeah. You know what I liked about this conversation today? First of all, it was very casual. I don't know. It felt very comfortable. But I think it just, we try and complicate this so much. And today it just was like, I think I needed this today more than anybody listening, you know, and quit trying so hard, Ellis, to make things work or happen. Like it, it really is a relationship with Christ that we bring into every area and arena of our life. And so anyways, thanks for that. And thanks for the timing of this. And I'm really grateful to have you on today. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad I met you as well, Ellis. So thank you for having me. Yeah. So everyone, uh, please make sure you go check out Dr. Bruce Hartman, brucelhartman.com. He's got several great books. Uh, if you're enjoying this show, like I am, sometimes I feel like I'm just doing the show for myself, which is fine with me. But I know you too are loving and enjoying this because I get your comments. Do us a favor, screenshot this episode, share it online, let people know that you're listening and tell them they also should go listen to this too. Let them know Jesus is good for business and it's okay to talk about it. And uh, so we appreciate your support. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Hey, just because the show's over doesn't mean the journey is. Listen, if you're a faith-driven real estate professional or investor, then you'll want to go to the kingdomrei.com to learn about our mastermind. If you're interested in investing alongside me in alternative investments like multifamily apartment complexes, then head to ellishammond.com to learn more about that. Cheers.